Social Zoom Factor, Episode 4. Driving results in business these days takes something special. It's a combination of the right info and the right energy. Pam Moore has both and is here to help you avoid the pitfalls and guide your business and life by leveraging and integrating social media, powerful branding, and digital marketing. Welcome to Social Zoom Factor. Now it's time to live life zoomed. Hello, Zoomers, and welcome to Social Zoom Factor. This is your host, Pam Moore. All right, I am so excited for this conversation today because we are talking about one of my favorite topics, which is about our audiences. Everything that we do with social media, online marketing, marketing in general, and business should be focused on the needs of our audience, of our clients, of our community, of our stakeholders. Today, we're going to talk about how you can increase your results by better knowing your audience. As you know, we work with organizations of all sizes from startups to Fortune 50 companies. One thing that we find for all of the organizations that come to us struggling, saying, Pam, help me out. I've been doing social. I've been doing online marketing, whatever they've been doing for X number of months and years, and I am seeing little to no result. Okay, usually what we find it doesn't matter what the size of the organization is, they have lost track of who their customer is. And I don't know if it is because of a bad economy or if it's just marketers have gotten lazy. But I know back in the day when I started college many moons ago, I would have been fired if I launched a program and I didn't know my audience. But there's something about today that has just started to become acceptable. And then organizations and marketing leaders wonder why they're not having success. But when you ask them who their customer is, 70% of them will say, everybody likes my product or, you know, every marketing director likes my product. No, that does not equal knowing your audience. So today we're going to dig into some real tactics and strategies. And I'm going to talk about 10 things that you must know about your audience. Okay. We're going to talk a lot about content marketing, and we're going to talk a lot about how you're going to get in the head of your audience and provide them the most relevant, valuable content and conversation that you possibly can. And this is all focused on helping your audience be inspired to connect with you with the goal of helping them achieve their goals. Because when you help them achieve their goals, you will achieve your goal by default. If that is your objective, it's inspire, connect, achieve. And trust me, it really does work. So one misnomer that's out there is that content marketing was created, quote unquote, via social media. Okay, Mark Zuckerberg, as much as we may love or hate him, depending on the day, did not invent content marketing. We've been doing content marketing for decades. And for some reason, it's just become this shiny object syndrome that many have. And so they get all spun up on creating tons and tons of content, but yet they don't know who they're writing it for. So there are two resources that I'm going to encourage you to take a look at and download to help you with this process. The first is easy. It's a content calendar. It's an editorial calendar that's going to help you organize your content, set some goals with it, making sure you're aligning to your audience needs and just get it organized. All right. And you can download that calendar by going to socialzoomfactor.com slash calendar. 
Second resource is an audience analysis worksheet that you can work through with you and your team. And I encourage you to take your team, let's say you have three people on your team, and each of you go fill out the worksheet individually about your audience. And then you come back and you see how far off or how together you are on understanding your audience. And I think you might be surprised with the outcome, but it is an an audience analysis worksheet that is based on the Forrester post methodology. And that is a methodology that we use to frame social media plans and, and strategies for our clients and ourselves. So and it's, it's a methodology that we leverage within our own proprietary methodology, but it is very helpful. And there is a book out there called Groundswell that I highly encourage you to also check out. But let's go ahead and get started. And I want to talk about how your audience is so important in creating community. Because if you think about social, okay, when you are starting off with building a community with social media, you need to really focus on the human beings that are in that community. It is people that are liking you on Facebook. It's people that are following you on Twitter. Yes, there are some branded accounts that may show up as a logo. However, if you think about it, there's a person behind there somewhere, okay? Even business to business, we put together a lot of strategies for our business to business clients. And it is amazing even how important it is to humanize your brand to the human level, even with B2B. It is very important. So I don't want, if you're sitting in your car, the gym, wherever you are listening to this podcast today, and you're in a a business to business environment, I don't want you to think that this doesn't apply to you because it absolutely does. It really is about communicating with humans within the organization. But communities are created from humans human beings, okay? And and when we start to build communities within these social networks or a community online or offline, we have an opportunity to turn that relationship into something that is powerful, that is relevant, that is valuable. We have the opportunity. It is up to us whether that relationship is going to move forward and how much and how fast and how hard it's going to move forward into something that is valuable. So imagine I have a a model for this. Imagine a triangle that's kind of turned with the fat end on the left side and the small end on the right side. And on the left side, we have all of our community. So we have our Facebook community, our blog, Twitter. We host the Get Real Chat every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. You should go check it out. Then that's Eastern time. But we have all of the communities over on the left. And then as the triangle gets small, as you move over to the right, that's where you're going to, you know, you have the opportunity zone on the left. On the right side, you have the customer zone. You have the opportunity to harvest those relationships in a real way, an authentic way. Okay. It is going to take you time to move that human beings from the left side to the right side to where you can monetize the business, where you can, you know, make it a valuable relationship, where you can earn loyal brand evangelists. That's going to take time. It is by no means going to happen overnight. And so you need to understand that you're going to need to invest in those human beings within your communities. As you do that, those communities create markets for you. The more that you invest in getting to know the human beings within your communities, the better you are going to be able to help monetize your platform, help monetize and get a return on your investment for everything you're doing with marketing and social media and digital marketing online. Okay, trust me, this is going to pay off and it's going to help you achieve your business goals and it helps your life too, right? And that's why we talk about live life zoomed because I spent 15 years in corporate. 
I know how hard it is working 24 hour a day jobs. And the more that you can make your life, your business, no matter how big or small it is, be more successful, the better your life is going to be because your goal is not to work 24 hours a day. And that's the whole purpose of this social Zoom factor podcast and platform that we're launching is we want you to work smarter, not harder. We want to help you leverage the right methodologies, the right strategies, the right tactics, and the right tools to achieve objectives so that you can have a life. Okay. You can live life zoomed and zoom your business at the same time. So the key is that when we look at our audiences, we cannot start with tactics. When you think about social media, think of when you were first learning about social media. And if someone were to come to you and say, Pam, what do you think about social? So many people will say Facebook. The first word that comes to mind is Facebook or Twitter, or sometimes it's a measurement tool if they're a data geek like me. What I want you to do is turn that model upside down, okay? And that's what this post methodology is. You focus on the people first. So we it goes people, objectives, strategy, and tactics or technology. That's where the P-O-S-T comes from. So I want you to focus on the people first. You should not be selecting technology and tools until you have clearly defined the path that you're taking. What are those business goals? What is this journey you're going on and why? Okay. And it's a journey, not a destination. And what is the technology that's going to help you achieve your goals? It's it's not selecting technology and then cramming your customer into that technology. They may not even like it. So you better figure out who they are, what they want, and how you're going to help them with whatever their objectives may be. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started on the 10 things that we need to know about our audience. Number one is who are they? Okay, who is your audience? And I don't mean, okay, it's all marketers between the ages of 25 and 65 who work in a small, medium business SMB classified organization. Wrong answer. Okay. I want you to start answering things like how old are they? What's their education? Where do they live? Where do they work? What do they do for fun? What is their lifestyle? Where do they hang out when they're not at work? What types of conversations are they having online, offline? Are they talking with your partners? Are they talking with your competition? How much money do they make? Where do they make that money? Do they have multiple jobs that bringing in that income? What is the type of conversation that they're having? What's the tone of that conversation? Is it casual? Is it professional? Think about your weekday, okay, and what you do on a daily basis. Your time on Facebook, your time on Twitter, your time on LinkedIn is likely very different than my time on those same platforms. And why is that? Because we're different people, okay? I have two very active boys, preteen and a teenager. So I spend a ton of time at the baseball fields, at the soccer fields, at any kind of field or court, okay? We live there. And we spend a lot of time outside. We're out as much as we can be with our family. We live in Florida, so we're hitting the beach. You need to know if you're wanting to target me, you need to know what I'm doing on what day of the week. You need to know where is my head on a Monday? What am I thinking on a Saturday? The content that I'm going to want from you on a Monday is very different than on a Saturday when I'm headed to one of the fields, when I'm headed to a baseball game. I'm not thinking about detailed technical social business measurement tactics and strategies of a particular platform 
when I'm rushing to the field, okay? I may see your content and I may look at it and think, oh, you know, I really would like to take a look at that. But you're probably better off hitting me late morning on a Saturday uh, or late afternoon on a Saturday, unless you can do it really early at a 5 a.m. type of engagement and I happen to catch your email, okay? Most of them on a Saturday, early morning are going to get overlooked. But if you can send me something short and sweet on a Saturday morning that is not going to take me too long to read and understand or listen to, chances are I'm probably going to click through, okay? So that's where you need to know who your audience is and how are they going to interact. What are they doing on Sunday versus Monday? Okay, so think about me. Sunday night, I do start to think about business. On Sunday night, that's sometimes a great time to send me an email. And you know what? I get very few emails on Sunday. Everybody sends them to me first thing on Saturday. And if they only knew, if they sent them to me on Sunday, that's when my geek brain is going into overdrive. All right. So know your audience, know where they're hanging out and know what they want to do when they are on each of those social networks. Okay, number two is easy. What are their pain points? What is the reason that your customer needs your product? Okay, what is the pain? How bad is that pain? Is it financial? Is it emotional? Is it a life impact? Or is it just a nice to have? If you have a luxury brand product, your approach to marketing is obviously very different than somebody that has a, a desperate financial, emotional, or life need for your product. And what happens if they don't have your product or service? What alternative products or services are out there? And how can they mitigate or reduce the pain themselves If you don't help them, you need to really be aware of what the do-it-yourself products and replacement services are available to them. Know what keeps them up at night. You know, that's basically how we put the pain point requirement in a nutshell. It's what keeps your target an ideal customer up at night. When they wake up in the middle of the night, boom, what's hitting their head? That's the problem you want to solve. Number three, what does your product or service do to minimize or mitigate their pain? And this is basically, how does your product solve that problem? If you're in business, if you're in a business-to-business type of model, how does your product or service solve that business pain? What relief is it giving them? How are you improving efficiencies? How are you better helping them increase the return on their investment? How are you helping them sustain their business maybe for the long term? And how are you helping them simplify their business? That's one of my favorite things, just How can you make them do something better, faster, and easier? And how can you help them better serve their customers? I think this is an opportunity that so many businesses and marketers leave, just they just leave out in that, in the business to business environment is help me improve service to my customer. I love, and we run a a marketing agency, and I love when I get a reach out from an online platform or a tool or technology when they are trying to sell to me. But if they talk about the value to my customer, this can help you deliver better or more efficient service to your customer. That's the best way to get a return call from me if you're trying to sell me something. Don't just tell me about your affiliate program and blah, 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 blah. Tell me how you can help me run my business better and how you can help me better provide the best possible service to my clients. And how does your product help your customer better inspire and connect with their audiences? That's really important too. If your product is going to help them engage and inspire with their customers, make sure you tap into that power. Number four is how can your product or service inspire and help them personally and professionally? 
This is really important, okay? Even in a business-to-business type of environment, you can still change people's lives and people's careers. And I remember I worked seven and a half years at Sun Microsystems. And I worked, when I joined, I joined a proactive services division and we were just starting up. You know, I was a corporatepreneur, always had been. You can catch my story in our my very first episode here on Social Zoom Factor. I go into more detail on this, but I had always stayed really close to the revenue. Okay. So even at Sun Microsystems, I survived, I think it was 13 layoffs by avoiding the water cooler and staying really close to the revenue. And one thing I can tell you that where we saw success time and time again was getting in the head of our audience and understanding how we could impact the lives of those influencers and those decision makers within our target client account. And when you can figure out how you can empower that person, that human being professionally and personally, that is where you are going to really start to have those human connections with your audience. And how can you give them hope? Yes, even in a business to business environment, you can give your target client hope. You can help them sustain their job. And in this tough economy, that matters. You can help them do a better job within their career, you know, for their current employee. How can you help them have a better day? How can you help them not worry about things? How can you help them have more peace because they're going to be able to provide for their family? All right. How can you help them live a longer life? Uh, What career opportunities could come because of your product and service and how you're educating and inspiring them and helping them do all these great things. Those are powerful messages that you can deliver and really tie into some emotional branding when you know those things about your audience. Number five is how is your product or service positioned? And this is really looking at the replacement products and services to yours. And so it includes the competition and the alternative products, including do-it-yourself. And understanding why would they choose a do-it-yourself product? Why would they choose any alternate product? And then just knowing where your product or service sits in comparison to the competition. Is it better? Is it worse? Why is it better or worse? And what value does your audience place on your product? And this is where you really need to get real because we work with so many different marketing leaders from all different backgrounds. And I'll tell you, this is where many struggle because they they create the boilerplate marketing plan and they put their their product on a specific tangent and within looking at the competitive landscape and they'll they'll put the stake in the ground and say this is where we fit but in reality they can't answer the question when you say when's the last time you talked to your customer to understand where they see your product positioned when is the last time you did some research to really understand where your product is positioned in the larger landscape so I want you to get real on this and really, you know, do a survey with your clients if you can. Do a survey with the folks who are in your online communities and really try to assess where you sit in regard to the overall market. If you need to bring in a third party, bring in a third party for that. We do a lot of focus groups for some of our clients and, and help them do some of that research. Number six is how are you different? Okay, this is so very important. What's your Zoom factor, right? What? How are you unique? What makes you zoom and make sure clients zoom more than anybody else out there. Okay. This is fun. Okay. Don't overstress on this one. 
uh, get really, really focused on it, but have a very positive mindset on it. And if you haven't uh, visited this topic in a while, go grab some folks from across your organization. Even if you're in a small organization, go grab the person running the front desk, go grab the person in the back office that's doing the mail. If you're in a larger organization, go grab people from a a cross collaboration team and come together and talk about some of these things and really understand how are you different in the market. And here again is another opportunity for you to reach out to your clients and ask them, how are we different? You know, how do you wish we were different? And why should your target customer buy from you versus buying from your competition? And be real in assessing the lead that you have in regard to the market and how long until your competition is going to catch up with you. We like to keep about an 18-month lead on our competition. Most of the time we have that. Sometimes we know when we start to fall behind and we can feel it. And so when we know it, we, we have the data. And so you should be doing the same thing. Keep that market edge. Keep that leading. You And you can't do that unless you are taking risks. Number seven is what is your competition up to? Okay, what are they doing? And uh, I don't want you to overspin on this one, but I do want you to to understand your competition. I do see a lot of businesses that focus on this way too deep. And I don't want you to start over assessing your competition and then doing everything that they're doing online because we all are very different. Even if you have a competitor that has a similar product and service to you, they are still a different brand. The way that they relate to their customers is different. So yes, you can look at them, you can learn from them, but you should not go copy paste, copycat them. It will not work for you. And you are going to end up really just building their brand more than you're building yours because you're going to be endorsing them versus building your own Zoom factor. Build your own Zoom factor. Figure out how you are going to compete the best that you can. But where the competitive data gets really interesting is understanding how your competition is engaging with your target audience online. And this is the glorious thing about social is so much of this is public. Okay, of of course, we can't see behind the curtain on a private Facebook group as an example. But majority of the content that's out there with social is is online and public. So you can tap into those conversations. You know, there's reports that we can run and we can pull it up on certain demographics and see who are they, who is your target customers engaging with? Who's engaging with your competition? What do those conversations look like? What are the weaknesses and strengths that your competition has in regard to their online platform? Where are they kicking your butt and where do you have opportunity to really take lead? Number eight is what are the replacement products and services to what you have to offer. So this is where you need to get specific and you just need to know what are those top industry competing products and services to yours? What are the do-it-yourself products that compete to yours? And then if they are not buying your product, maybe they're just not buying anybody's product, right? And so that's that's what you need to know. And if a lot of times we we have customers that come to us and they say, well, you know, our target audience is just not buying our product anymore. And then when we go and we do the research, we find they're not buying any of their competitor's product. So what I would say, they probably shouldn't be your target customer anymore because if they don't see value in your product and they are no longer spending money on your product or service, then you really need to look at whether that should be your target customer. I know this sounds more marketing 101, that you would be surprised how many organizations struggle with this and that they get that doy moment where they say, 
oh, you know, we haven't thought about that. I guess we shouldn't be spending this much money on that audience. Very, very important and very true. It happens all the time. So number nine, what is your audience up to? Okay, what are they doing? Where are they hanging out online? And I always say your mission as a marketing and business leader who's executing social and online digital marketing is to figure out where is your audience hanging out online and how can you have the most relevant, compelling, interesting, and fun conversation that you possibly can with them. That's your mission. It's not that hard. Takes a little bit of work to get there, but you need to simplify these things and put them into a nutshell. Where are they hanging out online? Where are they hanging out offline? What conversations are they having? Who are they talking to? What's the tone of those conversations? And does that tone differ based upon who they talk to? Does it differ based upon what social platform they are? Chances are absolutely it does, okay? How are they engaging and responding to your business partners, local business, and competition? Okay, number 10, this is the last one. And one of the very most important, which is what are the emotional reasons that your customer should buy from you? And this is where I really want you to get personal. And content that connects with an audience is key to inspiring your audience to listen, to engage, and to take action, all right? Content is the foundation of the conversation. And conversation is the fuel that is going to ignite your success, So if you can know how you are going to inspire and connect with your audience based upon emotional reasons, it is going to just help you ignite that success, okay? Does your audience have a need for belonging, all right? If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I have some slides I've put together on this out on SlideShare. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? We start at the bottom and, you know, there's a foundational needs for safety, that type of thing. But as you move up, there is a need for belonging, all right? And this is where social can really step in and help people feel that they are part of something bigger. Most of us want to be part of a community. We want to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Another emotional reason may be that your customer wants to become more educated. You know, maybe they want to go back to school. Maybe they want to have a higher status in life or business. Are they looking to increase their position in the market, in the industry that you're in, in a specific niche? Are they looking to increase their position in the market, in an industry, in a specific niche? Or are they looking to simply be inspired and they need you to inspire them? So I'm going to end this podcast today on that note. Inspire, connect, achieve. Know your audience. Know how you can inspire them. Know how you can connect with them and know how you can help them achieve their goals. Don't overcomplicate it. Put it in a nutshell. Roll up your sleeves and get to work. And if you're struggling with results, I want you to put down the overfocus on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and your blog for the next few days. And I want you to get out your pen and paper or your mobile device or computer of choice. And I want you to start writing and understanding the things that you know and don't know about your customer. And I promise you that the work you do on this will bring exponential results. Go to socialzoomfactor.com slash audience and grab that social audience worksheet we talked about. Go to socialzoomfactor.com slash calendar and grab the content editorial calendar template. I'm confident that if you go download those resources and start doing these things that I talked about today, you are going to take your results to the next level. It is time for you to Zoom, so get out there and go make it happen. 
Thank you so much for listening today. That's a wrap. If you're ready to Zoom your business and Zoom your life, then don't let the end of this episode be the end of your journey. Visit socialzoomfactor.com slash Zoom for incredible free resources and guides. And be sure to join the Social Zoom Factor mailing list so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time on Social Zoom Factor. Oh,